I want to speak, continue speaking to you about a topic that is in your head. It's in your head. The greatest battle that you and I face is between our ears. Because God has already promised that in 1 John 5 verse 4, that whatever is born of God overcomes this world. He's already given us victory in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Numbers 13, 33, I'm not going to preach from there, I'm just going to refer to it quickly. That the negative spies say, where we saw the giants, the descendants of Anna came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so were we in their sight. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. And I'm going to say this right at the beginning, that the way you see yourself is the way that others will see you. If you see yourself as defeated, depleted, messed up, bust up, it's, you project it onto other people. But when you see yourself the way God sees you, and the way God created you to be, and you're walking, you might be going through the valley of the shadow of death, but you know who you are in Christ, you know whose you are, there's a way you walk, there's a way you talk. There's a way you serve. There's a way that you live. And it's not defeated. Because you know the battle you're facing and you know the trial you're going through is temporary. It's subject to change. One of the most important things you can learn is getting the correct self, godly self-image through Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So really what I'm trying to say to you today is we need to retrieve our godly identity, our godly boldness, our godly purpose from the one that created us, from who described us and created us for a purpose bigger than ourselves. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, look for Judges and Judges chapter 6. Are you ready? No, you're not. What's about Father's Day that you've got no energy? You know, when you preach, you can feel people's energy. When you preach, you can feel people's hunger. When you preach, you can feel whether people are with you or not. When you preach, somebody asked me this week, Pastor, can you see people's faces? No, you can't always see the faces, but you feel you feel? Are they pulling on that anointing? Are they making a demand on the anointing that's upon your life? Or are we just here? Why are you here this morning? Don't just come to church because that's the thing you do. Come to church because you're hungry. Come to church because you want to worship. Come to church because you understand the principles of God's Word. Come to church because you want to go somewhere with God in life. Come to church because you make a demand on the anointing so you can change your world. That you can grow. I mean, I spoke to somebody recently, and, and, and I've been talking about a lot of things, and when I spoke to him on the same topic, they had no clue, and I thought, huh? Do you belong to our church? Where are you? Don't be a submarine Christian. Only come up on Sundays. Live this relationship with God out every single day. Be passionate about God. Be hungry about God. And be willing to serve God. Judges chapter 6. Are you there yet? Yep. No, didn't bring my Bible. I'm going to watch on the screen. Okay. Whatever. Verse 11, the Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abysrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. We've had a tough time. The Israelites are under the oppression of the Midianites. 
And Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press when you should be threshing wheat in a threshing floor. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord, take note of this one, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I mean, I'll start right even there. God doesn't talk to you about your circumstances or your problems. God talks to you about who He created you to be. God talks to you about what He created you to do. God talks what He sees in you, what He intended for you. He doesn't talk about your circumstances or your situation. He doesn't come to us here in Durban and say, Listen, Durban, oh, I feel sorry for you. You've been through COVID. You've been through the riots. You've been through the looting. Oh, you've been through the floods. Oh, you know what? Here's a handkerchief. Come on, I'm going to give you a handkerchief because, no, no, he comes to you and he talks to you how he created you to be. He doesn't talk to Gideon about the problem. He doesn't talk to Gideon by the fact that these are children of Israel, God's people, and they're not living with the right identity, and they're not living with the right boldness, and they're not living with the right courage, and they're not living with the right purpose and intent. He, he doesn't doesn't come to them and say to them, I understand why you're there. He almost comes and he shocks Gideon. And he says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. We have confused leadership so much that we want leadership to be something that tickles our ears, that makes us feel good for a second and produces nothing. I mean, you go into the corporate world and you've got senior managers, you've got middle management, and you've got junior management. And I'm thinking, listen, if you've got a good leader that is in management, you don't need to have a senior management and a middle management and a junior management. You just need to have somebody that can manage people. So now we've got senior managers who manage middle management, who manage junior management, who manage potential management. Because we become so clever. We need to get the pattern of God back. People always quote and say, but Jesus was a servant leader. So what does servant leadership mean? You wash people's feet all the time. Jesus washed people's feet once. It doesn't mean we don't serve. Any position of leadership is to serve. You're serving the people. You're leading the people. Sometimes to a place where they can't see or they don't want to go, but you know it's good for them, and only once they're there do they understand it. So leadership has to be clear. Leadership has to understand who they are, whose they are, and for what purpose they are functioning. So God doesn't talk to Gideon first about the problem. God comes to Gideon and says, Listen, the first thing I want you to understand, and I'm jumping a bit ahead of myself, is Gideon, you need to get your identity back. And I want to say to you this morning that we as a church of Jesus Christ have to get our identity back. We are not weak. We are not broken. We are not poor. We are not depressed. We are not downtrodden. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We have to get our identity back. You are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. You can be all God has said you to be. Get your identity back. Get back to who God says you are. Ah, you're just a selfish person. I don't even listen to people that say that. I don't even listen. Because who are you to label me? Because you don't know me. You think you do. You have an opinion of me, but opinions are like dirty feet. They stink. 
How many of us are struggling because we've got the wrong identity? We've been through some stuff. You don't understand. I never had a father. Okay? You have a heavenly father. Yeah, but you don't understand. It's not like your father. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've all got our issues. We've all been through some stuff. And maybe your stuff is different to my stuff. And my stuff is different to your stuff. And your stuff is different to the person sitting next to your stuff. But the reality is we've all had some stuff done to us. We've all been hurt somewhere. We've all lost somebody somewhere. We've all gone through some stuff. Sometimes it's self-inflicted and sometimes it's inflicted by others. But there's a God that says, I will heal you. A God that says, I will deliver you. A God that says, I will make you whole again. But you have to get your identity back. You have to get back to the place where you say, listen, I am who God says I am. Leadership. Every Christian is called to be a leader in some form of capacity. And God comes to Gideon and says to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. He's talking about somebody that Gideon can't even recognize. That's why sometimes I think most of us miss it. Because God says things to us that we can't see in ourselves. But He created us. And all we can remember is, Somebody that said something bad to us somewhere along the line in life. And many times it's in our formative years. And it somehow got stuck in our brain. We're born again. But we can't overcome battles. We're born again, but we were told that our family is a poor family, so we're going to be poor for the rest of our lives. We were born again, but we're told that there's this hereditary disease, and so we succumb to this hereditary disease. We're born again, and we're told that we... we, we but when you're born again... You're born again into his house, into his family, into an opportunity where you can reconnect with your, with your creator and, and you can begin to get your identity back. Gideon, Glenn, Patrick, Safiso, John. Solomon, you mighty man of valor. But my wife said I'm a useless male specimen. Did your wife make you? Then why are you letting her break you? Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, <laughs> if the Lord is with us, then why did we have all this COVID? And why did we have the looting? And why did we have the floods? Oh my Lord, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites? Number two, then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? 
Why do you think we came to Durban? So we could just be another church? So we could just be another religious gathering? Or have we not come here to Durban to cause revival, to have the greatest harvest events, to be a catalyst of salvation for the city? Why do we succumb to what has gone in the past, what has happened in the past, what is happening around us? How come we're always focusing on the problems and the excuses and trying to justify why we can't do what God has called us to do? Why? May, 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 I, may I submit something to you that there are people that are listening to this message that don't really believe God? You got saved, but you don't believe what God promises about you. You don't believe what God says about your future, about your family. Where do revivals take place? Often in the places where it seems most unlikely. South Africa in many ways is unlikely to be the place that God is going to use to influence Africa. But I think in actual fact it's the most likely place. Because of what we've come through. Because of the oppression we've had. Because the only thing that can unite a nation is God. The only thing that can bring revival is God. Is Christians on their knees. And Christians who get off their knees and begin to rise up and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And become radical for God in the corporate world. Become radical for God in their businesses. Become radical for God in the schools and in the universities. It's people that take God seriously. Why can Durban be used by God? Because Durban has been a place of oppression for many, many, many years. It's been a place of conflict between uh, political parties. And we, I mean, we become so immune to all the shootings that are taking place. Oh, another taxi boss was shot down. Oh, another politician was shot down. It's almost like we've just become, oh, that happens daily in Durban. Then you speak to people from other cities and they tell you the odd thing they hear, can you believe it? And I'm going like, yeah. <laughs> Normal occurrence in Durban. Just another day in paradise. Huh? But don't we realize that we're born for this time and this hour? And we have a choice to make. Either we're going to succumb to all the other negatives, naysaying people, it's a good land but, or we're going to become like Joshua and Caleb and say, listen, this is a place God has placed us. He set our feet here. This is the greatest city. This is the most blessed city. It's got the greatest people that God is going to sweep over the city and over this nation and over this province. And we're going to see a move of God like we've never seen before. And God is going to use you. And God is going to use me. We are going to be the Gideons. We're going to be the ones that will stand when nobody else is standing. Oh, come on, somebody. I have to work this morning. I have to work this morning. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel. From the hand of the Midianites have I not sent you. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I keep hearing about it's the Starfish Road. Scarfish, swordfish, swordfish road, saw, 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 like a saw, cut down a tree saw. I hear about it all the time. I don't know why I thought it was starfish or swordfish or saw road, swordfish, swordfish. 
Pastor, you don't understand. But if God is for us, who can be against us? Pastor, you don't understand. But greater is he that lives in you than he that lives in this world. So why do we keep talking about the problems instead of talking about the problem solver? Why do we keep talking about the battles instead of talking about the victory that God has given us? You see, we've got to get to that journey like Gideon is having with God where God speaks to him about how he created him to be and God reminds him a second time. But I, I'm the weakest. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord, verse 16, said to him, Surely I'll be with you. One believer, and God make a majority. One believer. Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You jump across to Judges chapter 7. I won't get into it too much, but God appears to Gideon and says he wants the Israelites to acknowledge that victory comes from him and not the size of their army. Because we often are determined that our victory will only come because we've got X, Y, and Z and A, B, and C in our, in our storehouse. But, but in verse 4 it says, But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you. The same shall go with you, and of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. And then verse 7, Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men who leapt, I will save you, and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, and every man to his place. Verse 8, So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hand, which symbolizes the way to victory is praise. The way to victory is worship. Why? Because when you begin to praise God and worship God, you begin to to drown out the sound of the enemy that comes and says, you can't, you're not, you're weak, you're broken, you're busted, you're disgusted, you're a third generation failure, you're a fourth generation failure. Nothing good comes out of your family line. But when you begin to praise God, when you begin to magnify the Lord and bless His holy name, when you begin to remind yourself who God is, and what God has done. I bless the Lord, O my soul, and I forget not all His benefits, who forgives all my sins, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who satisfies my mouth with good things. Oh, I'm telling you now, He's the one that renews my youth. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to bless Him. Oh, somebody that God is busy working in, begin to praise God. Begin to shout out your praise. Begin to remind yourself of the goodness of God, the greatness of God. And some of you are still sitting. I don't, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. No, you don't agree with God. You don't agree with God. Because we've been so conditioned and desensitized in this world that we have the wrong image of God and we have the wrong image of ourselves and we just want to survive. And we just want to make decisions that are about me, my, and I. You see, people that are stuck in certain denominations, and I'm not against any denomination, but they were given buildings, and they were given lands, and they had church for a while, and then they've lost what they had, and now all they've got is empty buildings. So when another church, which is passionate about building God's kingdom, buys land and buys buildings, they criticize Because when you buy something, there's a sacrifice involved. But when there's a sacrifice involved, you are 
gaining territory for God's kingdom. Which means you understand God's, what's on God's agenda. God isn't into monuments. He's into purpose. And the challenge for us as Christians, we've got to ask ourselves, are we still in purpose? Or are we starting to play it safe? God comes to Gideon, he's playing it safe. He's hiding in a wine press. He's threshing wheat in a wine press to keep away from the Midianites. He's not living the life of a godly man. He's an Israelite. He's a child of God. But he's living with the wrong identity. So the first thing, and I've got two points in my message because obviously it's Father's Day and I'm directing this towards men. So it's simple. Because us men are simple. Get your identity back. And if you're a wise wife or woman, you would speak what God speaks about your husband into your husband. You wouldn't tell him that he doesn't look good. You wouldn't tell him that he's a, he's a useless so-and-so. You wouldn't tell him that he's a lazy bum. You would tell him you're a mighty man of valor. You're a great man of God. You're a good man. You're a, a wonderful man. I love you. You're a, you, would, you, would, you would build into him if you're a wise, godly woman. It wouldn't yeah 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 I'm saying it on your behalf, men, because you're too scared to say it to your wives. Right? I mean, I know most of you men are hiding behind those masks now, and you're going amen quietly. It's like. Why, why don't why the why, why women laughing because they know it's true? But why are the men so quiet? Huh? You're a mighty man of valor. I want to tell you, you are who God says you are. Don't clap. Wait, I want to say something else. Wouldn't you love it if your wife just kept telling you you are who God created you to be? You are the good man. You are a great man. You you can go in this mind. Wouldn't you like it, man? Bang for. Yellow flow once. Yeah. Because you're scared you get in the car after the service and your wife says, Why do you say amen to Pastor Glenn there? Huh? 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 Who do you think you are to say amen to Pastor Glenn there? Huh? Just stay in your place. You know who you are. You're lazy. And it's like white noise. All the way home. There goes Father's Day out the door. Ladies, if you can't build him up, can I say this? Shut up. No, erase that. Uh, zip it up. If you can't, it goes for men as well. Build your wives up. Build your children up. Build your sons up. Build your daughters up. If you cannot help somebody with words, zip it. Keep quiet. Only speak good. Lift people up. Be an encourager. Be a builder in people's lives. Help people get their identity back. 
Listen, the world is getting more confused day by day, and it's biblical. God said he would leave man to go to his own depravity, depravity, and he will do these things, blah, 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 and he gives a list. The world is getting more confused and becoming more confused by the minute. I was talking to somebody in the week, they're in another country, and, and, and no longer when you go to a res at university can you identify purely as a male or female. You identify, I don't know what the word is, but like a thing. Huh? A what? A they. A they. So somebody we know, the university res leader is a they. Now, I actually don't know if they're a boy or girl. But the reality is this. A bull has no problem identifying as a bull. Go try and milk a bull. And we've messed up, people. The world is messed up. And we as Christians are struggling to find our identity, so we've been desensitized by the world's identity and we've been neutralized in what God has called us to be because we're trying to not stand on people's toes. Oh, I know somebody's getting mad with me. I know somebody's going to criticize. I don't care. We have to find out who we are and we find that out in our God-given identity. You are made in the image and the likeness of God. You were created male and female and we shouldn't have to apologize for it. Because God is our creator. Now I'm going to say something that might even affect more. I don't care how messed up the world has got us. Listen, are you saying that if I'm this, I can't come to your church? No, you can do whatever you want. We want you in church. Just because I don't agree with you on certain things doesn't mean I don't love you. But why do we make certain sin Bigger issues. I don't agree with two unmarried male, I mean a male and a female that are unmarried living together. I don't agree with it. Because the Bible lists a sin. Doesn't mean I don't love you. So why when it comes to other things do I have to? I love everybody. I'm here for everybody. But we need to get our identity back in Christ because that's where we find peace, joy, hope, and a future in Christ. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can be all God says I can be. And I am a mighty man of valor. I'm a mighty woman of valor. And I need to go in the strength of, of, of God. Hmm. You're touching on things, Pastor, so you're not supposed to touch on. What about touching on I'm not supposed to touch on? The Word of God. Your identity, your purpose, it comes from God and God alone. It comes from His Word and His Word alone. People can affirm you, but people can't tell you who you are. People can't be the ones that put labels of limitations upon you. I'm going to say it again. You are who God says you are. You can do what God says you can do, and you can be all that God intended you to be. I mean, Israel is under oppression. Because of disobedience to God again. And they cry out to God and God says, listen, okay, there's one amongst you. There's one amongst you. There are people amongst us here this morning in Durban, Belito, online, that is hiding in a wine press because of 
the pressure of people and the world upon them. And they've, they've become so desensitized that they've lost their identity. A strong man is not an abuser. A strong man is not a bully. In actual fact, a strong man stands up against injustice. A strong man stands up against the wrongs that are happening in society today. A strong man stands up against gender-based violence. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear but love, power, and a sound mind. We've got to stop cowering away from the things we should be addressing and dealing with, men. Listen to me this morning. I mean, these are God's people with God's identity, with God's purpose, and they are oppressed and fearful. Something is wrong in the picture, and something is wrong today. Three statements, and I can see I'm not even going to get to the second part of my message, but three statements from God that changed Gideon, and we as Christians have the whole Bible. Three statements from God that changed Gideon. Three statements, and I want you to get this, and I'm going to close. I'm on still my first point. But three statements. Are you ready? You got your pens out. You got your brain switched on. Men, are you listening? Amen. Why is it amen and not a woman? Because <laughs> amen means so be it. It's got nothing to do with gender. Only one thing in the Bible that really deals with gender is who makes coffee in Christian homes, Hebrews. Are you ready? Three things. Three statements that changed Gideon. Three statements that can change us to being godly men and women that God has called us to be. Are you ready? Number one, God says to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. That is who you are. Because God is with me, I am a mighty man of valor. Because God is with you, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor. Because the Lord is with you, that is who you are. You are mighty in the Lord. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong not in our own physical strength, but in the Lord and the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I was thinking about it this week. There are, are three people that I know, besides my pastor, Pastor Art, three other pastors that I look up to, because the one is about 83, 84, still preaching around the world. Another one is in his late 70s, and he goes and does mission trips all over the world. And another is in 78, Pastor Rick Godwin will be preaching tonight, and he's still flying around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do I look up to them? Because they are men on a mission, men that haven't stopped, men that haven't allowed the world to stop them, men that haven't become desensitized to the world, men that have said, this is what God has called me to do, this is what God has called me to be, and nothing's going to stop me. Because this is who we are. 
Don't tell me I'm going to retire at 55 or 60 or 65 or 70. I'm not retiring. I'm walking with God. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. The Lord is with Glenn and he'll be a successful man. I might take some protracted time. I might go through some valleys. I might have some battles. I might make some mistakes. But God is still with me. And because the Lord is with me, I'm a mighty man of valor. And I can overcome every battle that I face. We must quote. Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what is Paul talking about? No matter what battle I'm going through, I'm not stopping because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. People play a rugby match or a football match and they put it on their wrist. Philippians 4.13, I can. I understand. But it's got to do with purpose. This is who we are. It changed Gideon. The second statement is, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? What, what changed him there? I'm sending you. I'm sending you, Gideon. You're not doing this for fame. You're not doing this for fortune. You're not doing this for man's recognition. You, you are, are being this mighty man, and your purpose is to save Israel because I've sent you. The second thing that impacted Gideon's life is God sent him. And it should be the same for us because the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples is go into this world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to go into our world. We are to go into the world. We should be the hands and feet of Jesus in a hurting world, in a broken world. What the world needs right now is not a cold church, but a church that is on fire for God. I sent you for purpose. And the third thing, that changed Gideon's life is he says, surely I will be with you and you will defeat the Midianites as one man. I'm with you. God is with us. You see, family, when we understand whose we are and who we are, we become unstoppable in Jesus' name. Many of us are living with the wrong identity. The wrong identity. It's not that we're bad people. Let me look in the camera. It's not that we're bad people. It's that we've got the wrong identity. And for years and years and years and years and years, we've listened how people have mocked other people. And we've picked up insecurities and lost our identity. Why do people mock? I mean, you can see it, men. You look at many movies and, 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 and many, many cartoons, how men are portrayed in the wrong light. Do we realize that's desensitizing our children? Do we realize that as we are desensitized as young people, we take that with us into our teens and we take that with us into our adulthood. And they're men living with insecurities because of what they experienced, what they saw and what they had to watch. It can be used for women as well. 
And now we're not sure what a real man is and what a real man isn't. And we're not sure that what we are, yet we should get back to who God says we are. Get back to our Christ identity. Get back to being strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Get back to the place where we can serve God with everything because we know whose we are. We know who we are. I mean, the reality is it doesn't matter what is against you. Because God is with you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? I want to close. The Bible says, not me, the Bible. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So if my identity is in God, it doesn't matter what is coming against me. The Bible says the forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. And I want to make this clear. You are ordained by God. If you are alive today, you are ordained by God. God created you. God gave you His identity. God gave you strength. God gave you ability. God gave you an anointing. God gave you authority. God gave you a purpose. God sending you on a mission. And it's now time for us to rise up and say, yes, Lord, here I am. No longer will I see myself as a grasshopper. No longer will I see myself as a weak person. No longer will I see myself as a broken person. No longer will I see myself as a cursed person. No longer will I see myself and feel sick and sorry and, and overcome by all the problems in this world. I'm going to see myself the way you see me. I'm a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. I'm going to be the person you've called me to be because you love me and you're with me and you've promised to stay with me all the days of my life and I'm going to serve you all the days of my life and I'm going to run for you all the days of my life because I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can be all that God intended me to be. Oh, come on, somebody, just jump to your feet here in Durban, there in Belito, there on the camera. Come on, jump to your feet and say, yes, Lord, I am the man. I am the woman that you've called me to be. I have to stop, so I won't even get to my second point. Just stand, stand, stand. Don't you want to stand? Why am I standing? You're not standing. Let's stand. It makes me feel better when you stand. I'll give a moment of honesty. When you stand, I can't see the few empty chairs. It makes me feel better. I'm joking. No, it does. No, it doesn't. Okay, I'm joking. Listen, I'm serious today. It's time. It is time. It's time. For you and for me, amid this confused world, that we love the people to be the men and the women, to get out of your comfort zone and to run for God. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Here in Durban, Belito, watching online, Faith TV, YouTube, Facebook, Belito TV. You've come here this morning, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. I didn't ask you whether you went to church. I didn't ask you, did you sing in the choir? I said, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. I want to give you a moment where you can make a decision 
and give your life to Jesus. Please, people, nobody moving around. Because you moving around becomes a disturbance to other people. You're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you have, but for whatever reason, you've wandered away from God. You've become desensitized to this world and the things in this world. And you've lost your identity as a man of God, as a woman of God in Christ. Or you're here today and you're saying, listen, I did once give my life to Christ, but I've wandered away. I got involved in stuff, whatever, who cares? Right now it's about you coming back to Him. Maybe you're standing here today saying, listen, if I die right now, I don't have that assurance of salvation that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Please pray for me. Then I'm going to pray for you. Just put your hand upon your heart here in Durban, there in Belita. Pray this. Wherever you are in your walk with God, God loves you. All He wants is you to come back to Him. Just say this, dear Lord Jesus, I give myself back to you. I ask you to take your rightful place in my life as my Lord and Savior. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and shame. I believe He rose from the grave to give me life. And today, by the profession of my faith, I receive that life in Jesus' name. Amen.